0: Welcome, everybody, to the Week 8 Eyes on Big podcast. This is your number one growing Big Ten football-specific podcast. I'm your co-host,
1: Jeffrey the Greek. And this is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? I am Big Kurt on Twitter, at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek, at Jeffrey the Greek. And you can also follow our podcast Twitter account, at Eyes on Big. We've forgotten that in the past, haven't yeah. we? Yeah. Might as well throw that in there.
0: Um, and we are on uh, Twitter, obviously, as we've discussed. We're on uh, iTunes. We are on uh, Stitcher, Stitcher, Spotify. Spotify. Um, please read, rate, review, share. A uh, couple new listeners to point out my buddy Andy. That's right. just from today. And then a big shout out to uh, Scott Doctorman with the yeah, Athletic how about that? and Mark Morehouse with the Cedar Rapids Gazette. Uh, They're Iowa guys. They're very, very good guys, and they were kind enough to mention our podcast on their podcast, which they didn't
1: have to do, and we really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, guys. All right, man. What do you got? Well, let's start it off with some housekeeping, eh? Let's do it. Housekeeping. No, thank you. Sleeping. Housekeeping. Some good news. Let's start with good news here. Christian Abercrombie, we talked about him a few weeks ago. This is the former a line-eye player that transferred to Tennessee State before this season. Uh, I incorrectly said in a previous co- uh, podcast that he had uh, head trauma in the game, like taking a hit to the head and then collapsed. There was no evidence that there was any violent hit to his head. He just collapsed for little or no reason hmm. at the time, was in critical condition, has been, until this week he finally stabilized and they were able to fly him down to Georgia, which is where he's from. So good news. Okay, Get better, Christian. i glad to hear things are progressing. Uh, sticking with the Illinois thread here, more attrition for the Illini. Lou Dorsey, their tight end, this is the guy that was on the, the Mackey watch list preseason, uh, has decided to transfer. And this is something that is kind of a mutual decision. Lovey and the staff were, he basically said they were happy to see him go.
0: Yeah, Lovey, I saw the interview. He all but said, you know, don't let the door hit you or the good Lord split yeah, you. Yeah, I mean,
1: <clears throat> you usually can't take much from what Lovey says. He doesn't give a lot away, right? But he said, uh, sometimes divorce is good, was one of his quotes. He says, some players that didn't need to be in this program are no longer here. Yeah. And he's he's he means just not just Lou, but a couple other players that have left recently as well. So more bad news for the Illini. Just another week in in the saga of being an Illini fan. That's how things go. Hey, I I just want to give you
0: props for you know sacking up and uh, recording the podcast last Saturday night because I'm going to tell you folks right now there was a time right around. Uh, I don't know, six, seven-ish uh, last Saturday where I-, I didn't know if Kurt was going to be able to pull himself out. But you did a good job, man. I really appreciate that. I had
1: a lot of fr- a lot of help from my friend Beer. <laughs> Moving on, Nick Bosa has announced that he will forego the remainder of this season to train for the NFL draft and, of course, heal up from his abdominal surgery. How do you feel about that?
0: Um I felt like there was a lot of people on social media and maybe even just stuff that I heard on you know, Big Ten Network and TV talking about it, making a bigger deal out of this than I think it is in the capacity that he like quit on his team or something. Mm-hmm. Um, albeit for any of us to actually have a point of view on this, we're not the ones that have a chance to have a multi multi-million dollar yep. paycheck. I mean, he's not only supposed to go in the first round. There's some people think that he can go literally the top pick mm-hmm. overall. Um, I had wondered when I saw the, uh, the severity of the injury, that is not something that you just recover from right away. I agree. Yeah. Um, what I would find interesting if this was like, you know, some sort of uh, movie that they were making my guesses behind the scenes Uh, there's a little bit of a conversation with him and his parents uh, as compared to what the team doctors are telling him. Um, Just so people know, there is a separation of church and state inside a football Mm -hmm. program. Um, The coaches can't dictate to the medical staff on what to do. The medical staff is supposed to operate independently, make their own decisions, Mm -hmm. what's best for the student athlete. With that being said the member of that medical staff also knows the person that actually gives them their paycheck or not. Or keeps them on the staff or not is the head coach. And yep. everybody knows the more wins that a team gets, the better chance you are at keeping a job and whatnot. So there's always a little bit of a pressure in that situation sure. to get a kid back on the field. The only way you are going to get a 100% accurate medical advice is if you went outside Ohio state, which is what I'm guessing is exactly what he hmm. did. Okay. And I, I'm I'm speculating here, but I don't think this is a hard speculation. If at that point that doctor outside of Ohio State said this is another ten week, you know, recovery. Mm-hmm.
1: If you hurt this again, this could be a big deal. At that point, I think the decision's easy for him. Well, sure. I do not blame Nick Bosa for doing this at all. I don't. Either. In fact, if I, I was Nick Bosa, I'd probably do the same thing. It doesn't mean I like I like it because I'm a college football fan and I want to see him play and I want to see Ohio State at their highest capacity possible, you know, hopefully for them anyway, rolling into the college football playoff and having a chance to win it all.
0: And last year when he went out of the Iowa game, I've mentioned this on a previous podcast, the entire team deflated and a big part of their pass rush died. That killed him in the Iowa game. He came back after mm-hmm. that and then Ohio State, you know, got back up to
1: form and they haven't looked great is, without him this year. That's what I'm saying. Is that, yeah. is he that big of a loss right, for Ohio State? That's crazy. And I can tell you, I strained my abdominal a couple years ago. It Back still when you hurts. used to have abdominal. <laughs> yes. I'm not joking. It still hurts. I still feel
0: it. <laughs> Your age and recovery ability might be a little bit different than, than Nick Bosa's. Well, but. yes.
1: <laughs> but I'm not lying. That's true. All right. Moving right along. A uh, couple awards, let, let's point out. Um, all Iowa Hawkeyes here. Noah Fant, TJ Hawkinson were co Players of the week for the Mackey Award. I I I can't imagine that's ever happened before. I wouldn't think so. Both had four catches on the same team. Maybe there was Cole Mackey weekly, but not but not on the same team. team. Both had four catches, 107 yards for TJ, 102 for Noah. TJ had two touchdowns. Noah had one. Also, Nate Stanley is the Walter Camp Player of the Week.
0: And what I had wanted to point out with that is you look at Dwayne Haskins' stat line. He had four hundred and some yards, three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. You look at David Blau's stat line, you look at Clayton Thorson's stat line. Yep. All these amazing stat lines for quarterbacks in the Big Ten, and they still weren't enough to get national player of the week. It you know, that's how good the big the quarterback was for Big Ten play last week.
1: Yeah, pretty good week. Uh should we move on to some coaching news? Sure. Well, I'm not sure if it's really news. It's more clickbait. The USA Today article about Scott Frost and his buyout of $36 million, and is it time to buy him out? Clearly, just looking for clicks, right? That is the... You're not going to... Uh, uh,
0: we're not going to shy away from Nebraska tough conversations yeah. on this podcast. Well, we've I think proven we've, that time and I time again. I think we've again. proven that before, but we, above all things, I mean, I want to try to be as honest about things as, as we can. That's part of the reason why we started the podcast, and I honestly don't like uh, Nebraska, but trying to put... Scott Frost on some sort of like hot seat, or we're wondering about what's going on. 100%. You already said it.
1: 100% clickbait. Absolutely. And any shred of dignity that USA Today Sports had before this is now gone. I don't think anybody really respects them. The the USA
0: Today just in general is like two steps away from like the Sun or you know the the the, the rag magazines that used to see with like a picture of a bat boy on the cover or something like that.
1: You know, and and not that I read hard copy newspapers anymore, but even when I did, the only time you'd see USA Today is when you're staying at a hotel. hotel. The first thing I do is throw it in the garbage. <laughs> I don't look at it. Yeah, no, no, uh, no argument here. <laughs> All right, injuries are going to be a little bit different this week. Good news is no major injuries to key players. Hey, how about that? We actually have guys on the mend. We have guys on the mend. So we're just going to go over... Uh, Players who have been injured and have a good chance of playing this week. All right? Kind of nice, positive spin on I the like injuries. It. I like it. So Ivory Kelly Martin, running back for Iowa, is probable this week. Good news for Hawkeye fans there. Rashawn Gary, defensive lineman for Michigan, has been out for a couple weeks here. He's questionable. Could play this week against Michigan State. Another one for Michigan, Tariq Black. There is no official line on him whether he's questionable or probable. Of course, Harbaugh doesn't do that. All this Looking is, like next week, but it could be this week. I don't think it's going to be this week. I'm thinking it's probably next week. But it looks like he will be back soon. Good news for for uh, Mason Blue fans. Bryson Hopkins, tight end of Purdue, is questionable this week. Alorm Lumore, all name team defensive lineman Rutgers, questionable this week. He's one of their better defenders. Now Wisconsin has a long list of questionable yeah, players. I'm going to go over all those, and I think it. A lot of it has to do with we're playing Illinois. We want to get these guys healthy. So I'm not sure how many of these are going to play or not, but they, they've they had a ton of injuries this year. It looks like guys are, are getting a little healthier. Nice. So good right. news. That's the end of injuries.
0: Uh, then let's go into uh, Big Ten rankings.
1: Oh, yeah. That's right. We've got to do power rankings.
0: So just to give you a little precursor of this, instead of just reading out 1 through 14 or 14 up to 1, uh, we're going to go 14 up to 1, but we're going to branch them out into – Groups. I think last week we had. I think we had five groups.
1: We might have. But we're going to four. We got, we got four this week. So go ahead. So starting at the bottom, number fourteen, Rutgers Scarlet Knights, thirteen, Illinois, twelve, Nebraska. And
0: as early as last week, we had Illinois
1: uh, twelve a, a branch up, but they have broken that branch and fallen down. They certainly have to <laughs> below a team that has not won a game, but they earned it. Illinois earned that one. Okay, next tier starts with Minnesota at 11. Indiana at 10. Now Minnesota fans could probably make an argument, but we're gonna find that out next week. Maryland in, at nine, Purdue at eight, Northwestern at seven. Yeah,
0: so that's a that's a broad that second or second from the bottom, third from the top tier. The thing I wanted to point out with that is there are a lot of teams in there that are good teams yep. but don't have good records. Yeah. And that probably makes me sound like a, a Big 10 homer. I mean, I am well, we, I, I am a part of a Big 10 football specific podcast, but I, Purdue is better than their record. Much better than their record. Looks. Um,
1: Northwestern I would
0: 100% say even better than their record. Is, um, I think you could even, to a certain degree, say Maryland is better than what their record Potentially. is. Potentially. Yeah. The um, whole point is, those are all dangerous teams. They just happen to have a
1: loss or two more than more than they should. Yeah, and for Purdue fans out there, the only reason Northwestern is ranked higher than you is they beat you head-to-head. And you both have the same overall record. Right. All right, moving up to the second tier. At six, Wisconsin. At five, Penn State. Four, Michigan State. And three, the Iowa Hawkeyes.
0: And um, just to try to prove a little bit that I try to save the biasness uh, as much as possible. Originally, when we went over this list, Big Kurt had Iowa in the top tier. And I said, you know, we just can't be put into that top tier yet. I would love to be there sometime, especially with the fact that – like you could even make an argument that Iowa should still be ranked behind Wisconsin. Um, Iowa's got one loss, yeah. Wisconsin's got two, but one of those wins over is over Iowa. But I am confident with other rankings I've seen mm-hmm. from other publications of the big 10. Most of them have Iowa right around there. So we'll, we'll, we'll go with it. Um, Penn state is, they are flirting right now. They, they need to pull back out of it. Otherwise they could go down a tier here. Pretty yeah, they could, too.
1: they could. Um, And, Me wanting Iowa to be in that top tier tells you something about how I think the Hawkeyes are going to finish out this season. Hmm. So, of course, the top tier, number two, Michigan, and Ohio State, number one overall, as they have been all year. Okay. That ends the Big Ten Power Rankings.
0: All right, moving on to the games. We've got another full slate of games. We don't have anybody on bye this week. And, again, this is week eight. These games will all take place on Saturday, October 20th. First game up is the 3-3 three and three Northwestern Wildcats traveling to New Jersey to take on the 1-6 Rutgers Scarlet Knights. This game is at 11 o'clock a.m. on Big Ten Network. Something tells me Rutgers is going to be playing a lot of games on the Big Ten Network for the rest of the year. Yeah, teams like Rutgers
1: and Illinois are used to that, though. Yeah.
0: Um. The line is Northwestern by 20.5. The over-under is 49. And just by uh, a rule, I think when we talk about Rutgers, we just got to go one time with the... What, what would you say... You do here. All right, go ahead uh, and give me the...
1: Poor Rutgers. Yeah. Okay, we're going to add something in this week. We haven't done it up to this point, at least for this podcast. We are going to list the yards per play differential for each team. Love it. So that is offensive yards per play minus defensive yards per play. There you go. Uh, Northwestern University is at minus .85 yards per play differential. Not good. That was a little surprising to me. Rutgers minus 2.17 yards per play differential. So probably
0: ironic that the first time we're going with this stat, this is the matchup that we're we're going with right here.
1: Well, so Rutgers is dead last in the Big Ten, and they're dead last by a long stretch. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, starting off with Northwestern. Okay. Should we start with them? is this their opportunity to finally establish a running game? Or will if they it's even not hap- try?
0: If it's not happening this week, it's literally shut down for the rest of the year.
1: But do they try? Do they I even? Bother? I don't think
0: it's their mo anymore.
1: I don't think they should.
0: Right? I literally think it. They have morphed into the Texas Tech type of yep. offense where they're only the only reason they're running the ball is to just offset the passing game a little mm-hmm. bit. Maybe they catch you out of position with some sort of draw or something. That's it. That's that's what they're doing right now. And I it's working, you. by the way. So, it's working. Yeah. So
1: go with it. Uh, one thing they're going to have to be careful of is they have a tendency to play down to competition. But they also have a tendency to play better <laughs> when they're on the road. Well, okay, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, Boy. <laughs> so, you know, if they could – so they have a really good front seven, right? If they can stop Rutgers' running game, and I expect them to at least slow it down pretty well, Rutgers has no passing game. It's atrocious. In fact, Rutgers has the worst pass efficiency in the entire country. Tough to do. They're dead last. So I was thinking about this,
0: and and as bad as that is for a stat, and we could probably keep going on and on, I, I think the worst stat for uh, Rutgers that's been killing them all year is the turnovers. So I was thinking about this today.
1: Well, th- I'm glad you said that. They're the worst in turnover ratio. Yeah, in the country,
0: right? If you have turnovers like that, it's going to kill you. So if I am a Rutgers fan, I was thinking about this. What you would be thinking? Just enough with the turnovers, okay? Mm-hmm. Are you a, are you a Quentin Tarantino fan? Of course. Okay, I've literally seen every one of his movies multiple times. Um, do you remember this scene? In Kill Bill, well, I never saw Kill Bill. You've never seen Kill Bill? No. Okay. The, the, for some right. reason,
1: those just didn't. Oh, they're fantastic. Me at all oh, all like. right, maybe I should try.
0: Anyway, so one of the scenes, The Bride, which is Uma Thurman, okay. she's amazing in, in those movies. She wakes up from this long coma, and the, these uh, orderlies have been doing, you know, unquestionable things for her when she's in the okay. coma, and then she Yikes. wakes up, and she takes it out on them. Okay. And she literally pins the one guy's head into the door. And just she's just smashing his head in the door, <laughs> okay. right? Okay. So as he's, it's kind of a, it's kind of, a, somehow it's kind of a funny scene. As he's getting his head smashed in, he's like, "Please stop doing that!" Like that. And when okay. you see it, it's okay. hilarious. That is how I would feel if I was a Rutgers fan every time you see Arter Sitkowski throw another interception. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I'm okay. So I'm glad that's a good transition because at this point, why would you keep ruining Artur? Just sit him on the bench. Season's over, right?
0: I mean he's already gone past the four games. You got to keep playing and see if he gets better. I don't know.
1: I hmm. it's it, it's not helping him to just try it out there and get killed and throw four or five interceptions a
0: game. He is getting into the like David Carr. That's exactly what I was thinking. Houston, the David Carr thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the answers are right now. I I know this much. I would there's got to be somebody some other form of offense or
1: quarterback or something that you can go to to try to give it a shot. I don't know. I think you just go to Geo. Now <laughs> Northwestern has Wisconsin next week. Could on, be, a little trappy. Yeah, looking ahead, maybe a little bit for Rutgers. Maybe they fall asleep a little bit. Maybe uh, Thorson throws a few interceptions. He's prone to doing that. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, 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 def, I think it's a, it's a viable, you know, question that you can bring up. I am just to the point right now where. Anything that could look to to be an advantage for Rutgers, you know, from looking at the opposing team, it seems to get washed out pretty quick once the game starts. Mm -hmm. This is a twenty and a half point spread. I still like Northwestern. I do too. The over the over under is forty nine. I like the under. I like the under here. as well. I, I don't think Rutgers is going to score very many points. I don't think this is a – I don't love the cover for Northwestern, but this sure feels like a 24-7 to 7 game type yeah, of game. To me. I agree
1: with you. Northwestern typically not going to score a lot of points, but it is Rutgers. Maybe this week will be different. This is Northwestern's largest away favorite role since 1980. Wow, we've had, I feel like we've had a quite a bit of those. Yeah, and – to think back, 1980 could not have been a good year for Northwestern. No,
0: the entire 80s was not a good year for Northwestern. So who are they playing? I don't know,
1: my lord. Yeah. So these two teams have never played, not yet, as Big Ten opponents. This is their first Big Ten head-to-head clash. Holy cow! Isn't that crazy? Rutgers is three and zero all time in the series. That's why we got Big Kurt on the podcast, folks. Yeah. This is stuff he brings to the table every single week. That's why they pay me the big bucks. <laughs>
0: All right, moving on to our next game, the 3-3 three and three, Illinois Fighting Illini traveling a little bit north to go play the 4-2 and two, number 24 ranked Wisconsin Batchers. This game is at 11 o'clock a.m. It is on Fox Sports 1. Line right now is Wisconsin by 25 and a
1: half with the over-under sitting at 57.5. Mm-hmm. So the yards per play differential for Illinois is negative 1.11 yards. For Wisconsin, surprisingly, .60. Up. Yeah, plus 0.6. Yeah. Surprising in what way? I would have thought it would be more for them. Mm-hmm. But their I mean, defense did you watch is not great. Game last week? Well,
0: yeah. I mean, we it didn't give ugly. enough. So getting into Wisconsin right here they they have to rebound from last week. And and yeah. obviously I know they're playing in Illinois, Illinois. Don't get me wrong, they're 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 you know almost four touchdown favorites, but you still have to pick yourself back up after a game like that. Um I saw that I mean when I looked deeper into the stats after uh mm-hmm. you know we got done recording this week and whatnot, I knew that they had a bad game, bad time throwing the ball. They had twenty five yards of passing going into the fourth quarter.
1: Yeah, wasn't it something like in the second and third quarters, Hornibrook didn't complete a pass. Yes,
0: is he that went right. In between the he went in between the first and the fourth quarter without completing a oh, pass. Boy, that now, is obviously, awful. we're not, you know, Illinois doesn't bring anywhere near the the defense to the table that Michigan does. But a little bit different than Michigan's defense. A <laughs> little bit different. But right, right now, I, it it would seem like reading through you know Twitter exchange from Badger fans. They're they're upset. They're frustrated. They they have every right to be frustrated. This they did not think they would be sitting at this record right now. And also on top of that, they're four and two. They are 4 2 they don't look like a good four and two. No, they don't. Right now this is a not so good four and two. A little bit of angst towards Paul Crist as far as their play calling. A general, a very common thing that you see with Wisconsin fans is mm-hmm. if they lose the game, they always look back and go, we should have run the ball more. But I think you can make a point
1: that they should have versus Michigan. Well, you know, Michigan, obviously, fantastic defense. But their their run defense is a little bit not as good as their pass defense. Just a little bit. And you got Jonathan Taylor. And I think what they need to do in this game is reestablish that running game. 100%. Yeah. Which is what they're going to do. Absolutely number one thing to do just show up get off the bus this is illinois take out your frustrations on them and just kick their ass and run the ball right at them that's what i would do
0: um and as far as illinois um i'm still baffled at what they were doing as far as the offensive play calling last week get back to running the ball Mm -hmm. um Wisconsin has a defense that has enough injuries, enough just struggles mm-hmm. right now that in Illinois is a good enough running
1: team yeah. that they should be able to run the ball in this game. Well, and what happened is Purdue had a great game plan for the running attack of of Illinois. They were taking away the running back and making A.J. Bush run the ball. They're, I mean, if you look at – would you rather have the ball in Epstein's hands running it, Corbin's, or Bush? I'd want it in Bush's hands, so that they just forced it to Bush, and he could not get big plays on the ground. Um, you mentioned Wisconsin's injuries. That that you know that tells me maybe Illinois can run the ball a little bit. Uh, good news for Illinois—they're not playing a running quarterback. They're terrible stopping a running quarterback, and Wisconsin's not great against a running quarterback either. So there are some opportunities for Illinois here. You're playing with nothing to lose, right? Now on defense, I want them to go Costanza. Take what they normally do and do the opposite. <laughs>
0: it, I just that can't be our first Costanza reference on this pod. If it is, shame on it, us. I but, think it is, but you worry. picked a good spot. So yeah, nice I'm,
1: this soft cover two, just keeping everything in front of you, is not working. I want them to stack the box. I want them to play man coverage. I want them to blitz. Just do what you haven't done yet because what you're doing is not working. Yeah. Is that the craziest thing in the world? No,
0: and it should Go-ka 100% Stanford? be their their point of attack versus Wisconsin's offense this week.
1: I mean, you're trying to get hired as the assistant to the traveling secretary for the New York Yankees. Do the opposite.
0: <laughs> um well, we could just start rattling <laughs> off Costanza quotes. But, um, yeah, I mean, everything you're saying right now, you, you pretty much, I don't want to say stole my thunder. I mean, basically, you just took the words out of my mouth what okay. I was going to try to do. Um, my first gut reaction when I looked at this over-under was like, yeah, I want the over. And then I thought about it more. A lot of the stuff that you just talked about right there, I do think both teams are going to establish a run. Mm-hmm. What happens when both teams are running the ball the game gets shortened sure. down. I like I like the under, and in all honesty, as much as I like the under, I like Illinois and the 25 twenty-five and a half. Hmm. I we're gonna win this outright. It just it just feels like a laissez faire, you know, seventeen to twenty-one point win by Wisconsin, where Illinois is having. <laughs> A little bit more success running the ball than what Wisconsin fans want to see.
1: Yeah, I think Illinois can have success in this game running the ball. I do expect that, but I'm taking Wisconsin just because what I saw last week was just so disgusting and deplorable from Illinois. I have no faith in them right now. But good news, it's flu season, baby. What if Wisconsin catches the flu? What? Yeah. Okay. uh, I'm thinking of any way that they could possibly have an advantage here.
0: Uh we're down to hoping for the flu bug to hit. And if for any badger fans out there, I hope you or your football team stays stays clear of the flu <laughs> bug. But I, I don't want you to get the flu, but you know if if you did. Um speaking of Costanza last week when I was in my I was in that class all week mm-hmm. long, uh a guy took out his wallet because he wanted to have a there was a card he had, and when he took his wallet out, that thing was like
1: four inches thick. Oh nice and yeah. I was and I go
0: Holy Costanza. Nice. And like five people in the room got it and died yeah. laughing. But awesome. anyway, it was pretty funny. So I was
1: at the 95 game in Madison, Illinois versus the Badgers. It was painful. Three three to three tie is what the, the final was. Yikes. Yeah, I dragged my poor dad up there to watch it. I felt bad. Wisconsin is 12 and one in this series in the last 13 games. And they are on currently an eight-game win streak.
0: Yeah, that's not good.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Moving on to our next game, we have the 4-2 and Maryland Terrapins traveling into Iowa City to take on the 5-1, and number 19-ranked Iowa Hawkeyes. This is an 11 o'clock a.m. game. This is on ESPN2, but Beth Mowens is not calling the game, and I can't tell you how happy I am about that Iowa is favored <laughs> by nine after this opened up at a 12point line and the over under is at 47.
1: well now what do you have against Beth Moans? plenty okay give us our give us our yards per game wow, that's that's mean <coughs> play Excuse me. all right this one's interesting yards per play differential for Maryland they are plus 1.45 Iowa plus 1.45 really yeah wow. I was surprised that Maryland was that high.
0: Well, let me let me ask you this right now. Um, you you're more of a uh, uh, deeper dive stats guy. I'm mm-hmm. old fashioned where I just get on the NCA uh webpage and just look up, you know, total yards and total offense, total defense and whatnot. Uh, just for the ranking, okay? Mm-hmm. Out of, you know, 130 teams or whatever it is, what do you think Maryland's ranked for defense?
1: They're defensive just yards only. Just yards, just yard, Straight yep, yards. Yep. What are they ranked? I'm gonna say fifty five. Eighteenth. What I know,
0: I know. This is a better Maryland defense than what people are nervous about. Well, so, their S and P is forty five. Okay, I, so they're I, they're only allowing three hundred and sixteen yards a game. That's not bad. Now they just got done playing Rutgers, so that you can. It's got a little bit of records yeah. effect in the. But yeah, they're they're ninety eighth in total offense, which is crazy. But they're, yeah, again, their passing but right? their passing yards are so bad. You, the Passing
1: yards are atrocious. Right.
0: Well, so what what I'm saying is mm. the the you know Iowa fans are starting to feel some you know real excitement. So we're looking for that 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 ugly game that game where we should win. We should do and 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 we're looking. You know, a lot of people are worried about the sure. Maryland game, and they're mostly looking at the rushing attack for what it did to Minnesota. I'm yeah. not as scared of the rushing attack for Maryland or if any team is playing
1: Maryland. I'm taking a hard look at that defense and understanding this is a better defense than what people think it is. Well, another thing to point out, um, moving away from defense for a second, they lead the Big Ten with only five giveaways all year. Really? Did you know that? Yeah. No, I did not. Yeah, but they've shown that they really, when they run up against a really good run defense, they, I mean, their their run offense is either all or nothing, right? Correct. And I don't see them being able. Able to move the ball that well against Iowa.
0: Well, and and my my Gopher insider who knows a thing or two about football, Ryan, he he broke down that Maryland Minnesota game quite a bit because that was mm-hmm. when Maryland just got off on on yeah. uh, Minnesota's rush defense. A lot of that had to do with. Uh, Anton Winfield Jr. going out in that game. It was kind of a deflated Mm -hmm. uh, type of deal. I do think a big part of defending Maryland's offense is the secondary getting in on the action, getting off blocks when they do the jet sweeps and everything. Minnesota had a really hard time doing that because they were down to some really young corners doing that. Iowa, on the other hand, is getting some corners and linebackers off of the injury list and into the game. And I, I think that to so me, Hockaday, bodes I well. think is
1: what questionable this.
0: Hockaday week? is questionable, but Nick yeah. Neiman looks like to be back. They're getting okay. a couple corners back, so all of that looks good to me. On the other side of things, um, looking at Iowa and their and their offense. So uh, when my brother and I uh, talked earlier today, the first thing he said when he when I or I said to him when he picked up the phone is, "So, how, what color is the sky in your world?" with this Iowa having a passing attack? How does this feel to you? Yeah, And, and I likened it to a nerd that goes out to Silicon Valley mm. and hits it big. I know what you're going to, yeah, I know where you're going it, here. Hits it yeah. big with a, you know, some sort of app or something he develops and sells. Sure. And then suddenly out of the blue, he's a multi-multi-millionaire and chicks dig him. Right. And he doesn't even know what to do with it. Like, oh my God, that that. Girl wants to talk to me. That's how Iowa fans feel
1: with their passing. That's attack how you right feel now. right now, yeah. huh? Wow. When was the last time you would say you had a passing attack this good?
0: Well, 2004 was the the Drew Tate year when we literally were down to our fifth string running back, so we had to throw the ball. Okay. Um, but kind of that but that two, wasn't as fun. No, it was imagine. that wasn't a balanced offense. Right. That was we had to throw the ball. I mean, honestly, you, 2002. We, I mean, the Brad Banks, you know, big year. Outside of that, you're going back to the to the fried. So time.
1: yeah, I was gonna think. Two thousand two. That that's the first one that came to mind for me. But every but when everybody thinks
0: of the two thousand two Iowa team, you're thinking of running the ball. You're not thinking mm-hmm. of throwing the ball all around. I was so just To me, br- this type of offense, if you really mm-hmm. dig into this, this goes back to the Chuck it Chuck is, Long, huh? Either Chuck Long or Chuck Hartley. So, but well,
1: one of the notes I have is that they should be shooting for a balanced offensive attack here. Um, don't just rely on the pass. I mean, let's. You literally it, it's took. F- it's fun, but we got to run the ball here, right?
0: You, you, again, took the the words right mm. out of my mouth. I wonder if this is going to be a game where they are going to make it more of a focus to to try to run the ball. I With Ivory so. Kelly Martin being back, the offensive line has been fine. I just. That, yep. that seems to be what I would think would,
1: would happen. And then defensively, they're only giving up 2.7 yards per carry rushing yeah. the, the, the Iowa defenses. So I just don't see. Maryland having the ability to move the ball well on the ground. And when they can't do that, we know that Kasim Hill cannot kill you with his arm. So I'm going Iowa um, minus the 10. And if, in minus fact, nine. Yeah, was it nine? I'm minus, sorry. Well, it's dropped to nine. Quite, It, it just
0: dropped Even recently. better. Yeah. So I'm going on that one. You like Iowa to cover the nine that much? I do. Okay. Um, I like Iowa to win the game. If there was a win the game, Chaching, I okay. I, w- I would do that. Um, I that that line started probably about right, and so since it's dropped, I am going to take Iowa to cover the nine. But I I still think it's razor thin. Mm. Um, don't like anything with this. I the forty the over under forty seven, I would take the under. We the, the Iowa games have gone over a lot lately. Mm-hmm. This one, I think, regresses back to the mean a little bit. This feels like something like a 27-13 uh, to 13 type of game to mm-hmm. me, somewhere around there. Um, you know, a, a win, but certainly not something that is, we're going to feel comfortable with because we're not going to score as many points as Iowa fans think they're going to score sure. this week.
1: Well, traveling to Kinnick makes a big difference for me with Maryland. They haven't risen to the occasion in – situations like this that's quite the trip i think it's poopy diaper time for maryland at mm-hmm. kinnick stadium
0: but on the other side of it this could be a little bit of a look-ahead trappy game for iowa too because they go to happy valley next week, and also so.
1: last 17 iowa 15 one and one against the spread they're having a quite the spread not one. too shabby all-time series here one game apiece yeah uh, maryland won in 2014 iowa won in 2015 yes
0: sir only two games all right, moving on to the next game. Speaking of the Nittany Lions, the 4-2, and number 18-ranked Penn State Nittany Lions go on the road after that bitter loss to play the 4-3 and Indiana Hoosiers. This is a 2.30 p.m. game. This is on AEBC. Uh, the line is Penn State is favored by 15-and-a-half.
1: All right, yards per play differential for each of these teams. Penn State is at a plus 2.23. Indiana at a minus 0. 0.25 yards per play differential.
0: Okay. Um, as far as Penn State, kind of what we just brought up, by the way, the over-under is 62.5 mm. in this game. Um, th- this is now a two-game slide for Penn State. Yes. Um, they, I very much think they, they – grabbed defeat from the jaws of victory last week with Michigan state. Um, I think everybody believes Penn state is better than Indiana and, and as shown by the 15 and a half point spread, but this is the sphincter tightening time that you have on a season like this for a team like this, because you suddenly go into Indiana and you get down seven to nothing. Mm -hmm. You get down 17-7, 17 to 7 something like that, you know. All of a sudden, uh-oh. It's a
1: it's a it's a tough situation for Penn State. Yeah, you get down by that amount and it's tough to pull a needle out of your ass with a tractor. <laughs> you love that one. Yeah, that's a good that's a good one. It's part of my lexicon now. Um so yeah, two terrible losses for Penn State recently. Indiana though, you know, their defense is ranked 50th in the S&P. Yards, though, they're not doing very – they give up a lot of yards. 86th in the country in pass defense, 90th – I'm sorry, in in rush defense, 90th in pass defense. I just see Trace McSorley kind of going off this week.
0: Yeah, and by the way, kind of something we glanced over with the uh, recap pod last week – Penn State ran the ball really well versus Michigan State. They took a ding mm-hmm. out of that number one rush defense. Yep. Um, and then switching over to Indiana a little bit, I, I right out of the gate, I talked about Penn State. Can they pull out of this nosedive? The thing is, is you could ask that exact same question out of Indiana as well. They've lost two games
1: in a row now too. I have – that in my notes as well. Okay. Uh, both of those. I have the Penn State two losses and the Indiana two yeah, losses. Yeah, so so the number two question for Indiana would be, can they
0: pull out of the nosedive? The number one question I think Indiana fans would ask is, can we play cleaner this week? That certainly was mm. a turnover-prone and ugly penalty game for Indiana last week versus Iowa. Played a huge, huge role in that score ballooning up
1: to what it was. Certainly can't do that this week if you want to stay with Penn State. No, and they've got a get their running game back they've lost that and Penn State they're not great against the run they have a pretty good defense overall but their weakness is stopping the run so I think this is the game where you need to feed Stevie Scott you need to feed Ronnie Walker Jr and you can't make it a Peyton Ramsey go out and try to to beat him because that's not going to work anyway you have to run the ball and establish a run and then mix in Peyton Ramsey That's the recipe for being Penn State here, I think. I agree. And no interceptions for Peyton Ramsey. So I agree with all of
0: that. Um, There is an avenue that I can certainly see uh, where Indiana hangs in there and keeps this Mm -hmm. close, mostly because of I just don't 100% trust that Penn State defense. Mm -hmm. But on the other side of it, I think Penn State's offense will be just fine. I think James Franklin typically scores a lot of points in games like this when yeah. he gets up on people he, he sure has does. no issues with with you know scoring more. So, I don't love but I like Penn State covering the 15 and a half. But back to your original points, I really do love the under 62 mm-hmm. and a half. I'm a, maybe I'm taking the bait here cuz that just seems that seems like a touchdown too high to me. Yeah. I don't know what I'm missing here, uh, but I'm just going to go ahead and play you know, just go ahead and play it and do the under 62.5.
1: This was the hardest game of the week to pick for me personally, but I'm going to go with my new favorite head coach, Tommy Allen. The boob. And the boob and the Hoosiers to cover the 15 and a half points. little history here. The overall record of this series, 20 and one in favor of Penn State. Only one win for the Hoosiers in this they've, entire series.
0: I, to be honest with you, I'm surprised they've even, they've even played that many games.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure how many were before the Big, Big 10, 10 yeah. but the IU's only victory was 44 to 24 in 2013.
0: Hmm. Wow. Huh. Another good one. Again, that's why we got you, buddy. Yeah. All right. Second afternoon game, we have got the 3 and 3 Minnesota Golden Gophers traveling down to Lincoln to play the 0 and 6 Nebraska Corn Ruckers. I mean, Nebraska Corn Huskers. Ouch. This is at 2:30 p.m. This is on Big Ten Network. The line is Nebraska by three and a half. Worth noting, this started out as Nebraska favored by six and dropped all that way, all that much towards the Gophers. And the
1: over/under is at 55. Yeah, this would be a lot easier to do when the lines first opened. Sure, you know, we should be quicker. Yeah. So, yards per play differential. The Gophers are at minus 0.31 yards. Nebraska, plus 0.09 yards. Well, they
0: put a lot of yards up the game.
1: But I was a little surprised it was plus. But it's basically a wash at 0.09 yards per play.
0: So, we'll start out with Nebraska. Um, the question that any Nebraska fan is thinking right now is, is the horse show over? Are, are we going to win mm-hmm. our first game this week? Um I will you have to give the team credit Scott Frost credit. They really are playing hard every week. It's not like this is a yeah. you know a team that's given up on on any game this year. They should have beaten Northwestern last week. Well, I mean they're up by 10 points with 5 minutes to go. They're playing
1: hard and they're playing stupid.
0: Correct. Yeah. That that I mean that is that is a very fair assessment
1: yeah. of Nebraska right now. Well, hey, they they had an a all-time low. A year low. Nine times. In penalties. Nine Nine times. times. Way to go, Huskers there. So One of the things I have written down is score, baby. And I think they can. Now, this is a really good Minnesota defense, so it's not like they're just going to run up and down the field. But Adrian Martinez is an outstanding quarterback. You're not going to stop Adrian Martinez. You're just going to slow him down, right? So how many points can they put on the board? Uh, This is the lowest point in their program history. But... As you pointed out, they haven't been given up, um, so I, 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 I'm, I don't see them, you know, just rolling over, and and playing dead here. Um, Minnesota, on the other side, is riding really high right now at, after that loss to Ohio State. Don't you think? Um, obviously, PJ
0: Flex and any coach, I mean, they got to get up there. He could sense the moral victory. You know, thought process creeping in, and he was very adamant about saying, "This is there's no such thing as moral victories." Yeah, you got to be feeling confident. <laughs> I, that I don't know. I mean, I think there is such a thing as moral victories. Sometimes I think so too. Um, I, and I think this this is one. Um, um, yeah. I mean, I found that breaking down that Minnesota Ohio State game was one of the more intriguing things because I rewatched the game. Mm-hmm. Um, going into that game, I erroneously said, hey, Minnesota, just don't get guys hurt. Get out of there healthy. And the other thing you could point out, too, is whenever there's a heavy underdog going into a game like that, is there a tendency to try something different, try to catch the other team by surprise? The fact of the matter is, last week, if Minnesota just would have played their game how they play it, but played it clean without Mm -hmm. the penalties
1: and the uh, turnovers, I think I think they would have they have won Ohio right? State, and because so one if, of those touchdowns was a garbage touchdown at the end, correct for Ohio State. Yeah, so correct. this was a closer. It was game a than close game. Looked, yeah.
0: the whole way through. I mean, they had a chance to go two scores up in the game. Yeah, time they just they just couldn't make the play to get there. So, to me, right now, if you give me that Minnesota team that played last week, but they play clean, mm-hmm. they beat Nebraska. Down I and think Lake. they beat them
1: pretty easily, probably, if that's the case.
0: If that's the case. Now, we're inferring a lot of things, but Nebraska has obviously had trouble stopping people from running
1: the ball. But this is their chance because the Minnesota offense statistically is not great. I think this is a little bit of the statistics
0: lie, a little bit. It might be. To me, I think Minnesota's – Offense is better than what the the statistics yeah. say. Yeah. Muhammad you I, I, Ibrahim. Right. God damn it. You're going play <laughs> um, <boy> Clay. <laughs> gonna um, call Clay. He's, he's the offensive line and him looked great last week. They and did. I still think the Seth Green Scott Eber mm-hmm. package is always ready for them to go. And oh, by the way, they have one of the best one 2 Wide receiver combos in the entire Big Ten. Yeah, Rashad Bateman and Tyler Johnson. Johnson. So, all of that could work in favor of Minnesota scoring a lot of points as
1: well. When in the Bateman and Johnson connection with Anakstad keeps getting better throughout the year. I mean, it, I would say it was at the high for the year last week against one of the better defenses. So, yeah, they may be able to put some points on the board here. But um, Nebraska, I don't know. I don't know what to say about their defense. I guess this is just an opportunity, I think, for them maybe to finally look better, to look better. Yeah.
0: So sometimes you just got to look behind the stats and what you're seeing. Um, This is the second road game in a row for Minnesota. Then they get screwed next week by playing a Friday night game at home. Just not a good overall situation. They are going into Lincoln to play a team that is flat out desperate to win the game. Um, I hate to do this to you go for fans but I like Nebraska mm. to win this game to, to win to, the game to, to cover the the three and a half points if you put a gun up to my head I would actually take the over 55 in this don't mm. don't love it. Just see a pretty entertaining game with a lot of big plays. This feels something like a, a 38 to 31
1: type of game to me. I feel a little different than you. I loved this game when the line was a little bit higher for Minnesota, but I still like it at uh, plus three and a half for the Gophers. I'm okay. going Gophers here. Taking Gophers. I'm taking Gophers. And one of our biggest fans, we should point out, Dan Popain, is traveling again. I, hey, oh, Dan- no, Danimal!
0: You? Danimal, I, I want to say I was—I literally—I I have Danimal written on my notes right here. He's traveled it's all the way thunder. down from Minnesota to Lincoln. So, told me he was going to be listening on the way down. Hope, hope
1: you have a good time, man. All right. So I'm going to. Uh, do a shout out to another listener guy I work with. His name is Tim hinsey and he I've known him for 15 years. And for 15 years, he's been telling me I will never forgive Nebraska for beating us 84 to 13 in 1983. He was a student back then he was in the stands and he loves beating Nebraska. So I hope for Tim, the Gophers get the week, the, the win this weekend.
0: All right, moving on to our only night game, of the weekend, this is the uh, 7-0, number two-ranked Ohio State Buckeyes traveling to West Lafayette to play the 3-3 and Purdue Boilermakers. 6.30 p.m. ABC, the line is 13.5. The over-under
1: sitting at a robust 67 points. All right, these teams are really close in yards per play differential. Ohio State plus 1.34 yards. Purdue plus one point three one yards. Wow. Yeah, I guess probably a little lower than I would have expected for Ohio State, given their offensive output. But that just shows you
0: the defense. So starting out with Ohio State, it's just it's the same thing every week, right? Mm-hmm. We're in week eight. <laughs> their offense is amazing. It's the second yep. uh, highest uh, yardage total per game offense in in all of of college football. But their defense just keeps moving further down. I mean. Minnesota had no problems running no problems, the ball last no. week. And other teams have had no problems throwing the ball on Ohio State. We already talked about Nick Moses' injury. I wonder if the fact that they know he's not coming back for the rest of the year, does that cast a shadow over the whole team? You know, like they know that that guy's not coming back. Does that affect him like that?
1: I would think so. Or do they just buckle down and say, He's we not now, coming back. Now, 100%. Let, let's I mean, that's just a really sack up and get it done. So, um, Yeah, I have written down just stop the big plays, but I've written that down I don't know how many weeks in a row for Ohio State. Each week we
0: could say, is Michigan State going to get the running game going? Each week we could say, is Ohio yep. State going to stop uh, uh, people from big plays? Each week, is Nebraska going to stop committing penalties? And they all these teams keep
1: doing the same thing over and over again. Now on the other side of things – what better team than Purdue for big plays? I mean, I think they're going to put up a lot of points on Ohio State. Um, this is
0: the best three and three team in the country. Yeah, I, I'd say. I mean, I—I'll be honest with you. I haven't done a lot of research be, into that, but <laughs> my guess is we haven't looked at all. No, but I haven't like team. looked at the Big Ten footprint. But my guess is this is—you'd be hard pressed to find a team hotter
1: than Purdue. They start zero and three. They've won three in a row. Right now, statistically, their defense is not great, but. You know, somehow they step up at times. Look at what they—they they just totally embarrassed Illinois. They totally embarrassed AJ Dillon. Maybe they can slow down this juggernaut of an offense. Um, I don't think so okay. because
0: I don't think anybody's. You, there's certain things you got to have in place to to slow down this Ohio State offense. There's a team in their division that can do that, that they might play at the last weekend of the year. But I don't think there's anybody on their schedule up to that point. I still think they can run the ball well. Dwayne Haskins is probably going to be an an Eisman candidate again next week. Ohio State's going to do that offensively again. On the other side of it, so is Purdue. Purdue is going to put up points again i guarantee jeff brome has looked at the film of what ohio state is not doing well and he's got quite a few special plays and just overall
1: a good game plan put together and he's got quite a few things they're not doing well yeah what is the over under again What's 67 67 hmm. you, so you go you go first what do you think well i'm going purdue as far as the line i'm going purdue plus uh 13 and a half 13 and a half Um, that over under, I guess I would have, I don't
0: love it, but I would go over. I don't love the over under either, but I would go over and here you go, man. Ready? Yep. Purdue is going to win this football game. Oh boy. I'm telling you, I, we have all the signs in there. This, this isn't, this is at Purdue. Yes, it is. People are glancing over some of Purdue's wins because they were against Nebraska and Mm -hmm. against Illinois. Their defense has looked better. Yeah. Their offense gets better and better each week. I'm not seeing improvement from Ohio State. I do think they are going to move the ball just fine versus Purdue because their defense is, you know, Purdue's defense isn't great. Everything that you are seeing is one of those deals where after the game is over, you're gonna look back and you're like, I should have took Purdue on the money line, which by the way. This, this is weird, but sometimes okay. there's games that I don't like him as much with Purdue in the points. Uh-huh. I do like Purdue in the points, by the way. Okay, I really like this as Purdue on the money line, okay. and I'm telling you, I'm I'm calling it.
1: Purdue's going to upset All the right. college football world. Wow, yeah.
0: man! Big, I think it's kind of our first
1: big. Yeah, I would say that's big a, call a in the big, big eyes on big podcasts. first big upset prediction or prognostication of the year. That's a bold one. Um, it wouldn't be unprecedented, though, Purdue. Uh, beat Ohio State. What year was that? Well, I guess it's. Gosh, I'm getting old. That was quite a while ago now. They beat him at home.
0: And you're also showing your age because you can't remember anything.
1: No, either. but they, they had a big upset against them. That's probably ten years ago. Okay. So that's not about right. Sure. Um, and then they almost beat them. The year that Ohio State won the national championship. National championship. That's right. Yeah. It is natural grass at Purdue, which they're not used to playing on. Ohio State's not. Now Purdue is four and nineteen against the spread as home underdogs. But I think this is a different Purdue team. Yeah,
0: Uh, that's one of those trends that, you know, you can't take every trend for what they say.
1: No, you can't. But as I've said, I feel pretty good about Purdue. Covering, not to win. All right, so that will
0: bring us on to the... And since we try to go chronologically, we're going to go uh, back in time a little bit. To 11 o'clock a.m., the number six rank shot all the way up to number six. Six and one, Michigan Wolverines traveling into East Lansing to take on the number 24 ranked four and two, Michigan State Spartans. Once again, this is at 11 o'clock a.m. This is on Fox. The line is Michigan by seven over
1: under a low 40.5 wow. points. So we should point out this is a trophy game, Paul Bunyan Trophy, also known as the Governor of Michigan Trophy, which I think is odd. Hmm. Um, started in 1953, that trophy did. Uh, so I'm stepping out of the. By the l- way, great rivalry,
0: awful looking trophy. It looks yeah, like it, is it looks bad. like a middle schooler whittled it. In his spare time, it doesn't do it for me.
1: Well, I did a little research, and initially when this trophy started, nobody wanted it. Like, the team would win it, and they'd say, no, we don't want the damn trophy. Like, the first time Michigan had it, they just stuck it in a locker until the next year. It's not good looking. No, it's it's not. not not. Anyway, stepping out of the DeLorean and into the yards per play differential, Michigan coming in at a robust plus 2.54 yards per play differential.
0: Their offense is better than what you statistically might think yeah. they are. And then you, you couple that with the fact with their that their defense. defense is amazing.
1: And by the way, remember us talking about their defense preseason and just looking at it on paper and laughing and saying, are they actually going to be as good as it looks? And yes, they, they are were as good as it a looks. a
0: little bit slow out of the gate. A little bit, yeah.
1: They have more than made up for that. Ever since then. They're the number one ranked defense on the S&P. Over on the Michigan State side, plus 0.25 yards per play. Um. So,
0: basically, <laughs> the only thing that I'm, I'm cautious about. Okay, no, I take that back. There's two things okay. I'm cautious about if I am a Michigan fan. So, starting out with Michigan. Okay. Number two is we have not looked good away from home. All year, so getting back into the Northwestern, getting back into the meh Notre Dame or Michigan, they Mm -hmm. have always looked like meh Michigan outside of Ann Arbor this year. Yeah, they have. The other side of it is in this game, whether Michigan wants to admit it or not, little brothers had their number, and it's been tough for them to get back over time.
1: Um, Okay, so in the last ten, Michigan State is eight and two straight up against Michigan and 10 and 0 against the spread. 10 and 0 against the spread. 10 and 0 against the spread. I was just going to say I wonder
0: what they are wow, that's yeah. insane. Isn't that so, crazy? Um I've always compared this a little bit to like the Iowa State rivalry. Sure. One of the best bets always is to take Iowa State in the points because it's typically, you know, a closer game. This has usurped that. But it's it's that's insane. That's that's crazy. Yeah, I was pretty surprised to see that as well. Um you know so again with michigan right now they have improved i think you could say every week they deserve i was very happy to see that they jumped all the way up in the rankings to get mm-hmm. as high as they did you remember they were they were still in the teens last week and cuz i think people are seeing what i'm seeing too which this is rounding out to be a very very complete team if they get Tyreek Black back from injury, I don't think it's going to be this week. I don't but think so either. That is another element because he's you know the overtop threat as far as stretching defenses. Well,
1: and I like their other receivers too.
0: Yeah, no, they're Donovan Peoples Jones and I Nico mean, Collins. Yep, they've they've definitely had uh, other receivers step up to the plate. I mean, everything that you want to see out of your Michigan team, if you're a Michigan fan, you're seeing right now. So all of this points to that Michigan should. Should handle Michigan
1: State. Right, which makes you think, well, maybe they won't then.
0: <laughs> but be- i Well, I, I mean, because I, looking at Michigan State, I keep thinking in my head was last week a season saver mm-hmm. or was it just a season delayer as far as it, okay. how it's going to be the final kick for Michigan State, which I still don't
1: feel great about this Michigan State offense. Well, no. I mean, the running offense is absolutely atrocious. Uh, the Wolverines will easily stop what what they have in their running game. So is just going to have to pass the ball against the number one pass defense in the country. Um, it's a horrible matchup for Michigan State. It is but a horrible they've got, matchup. But they've got D'Antonio and they've got Sparty. Like, this is what they do, right? They get better as the season goes on. They just beat Penn State. They're feeling good right now. This is the one where they sneak up and beat someone they're not supposed it's like, to, right? It's like D'Antonio
0: is already in the phone booth and Harbaugh's just out for a nice walk and he walks by the phone booth and D'Antonio's like, hey, get in here. Let's have a fight. That's that's what this game screams to me. Okay. There's, a, there's an old, you know, gambling adage where you open up scores and odds, whatever you use, find the lowest uh, over-under, bet the under, Right. Find the highest over-under, bet the bet over under bet the over. This is a 40.5. You you start flirting in the 30s and you are like, holy cow, that is ridiculous. <laughs>
1: I like the under here. Yeah, I think I like the under. I mean, two outstanding defenses. I'm curious, what is Michigan to do offensively? What's their game plan going to be? Is it just going to be the Shea Patterson show? Or are they going to just try to bust through that great Michigan State run defense?
0: So we are under the thought process. I would say that if this is a situation, okay. Cause, because there's been a lot of texts between my buddies, there's things I've seen online that people think Michigan is just going to run away with this game. So if you think that's the case, you have to then ask yourself, what would that game look like? Okay. That would, allow Michigan to just run away from Michigan State. I think there's only two ways that it happens, okay? Number one, Michigan State turns the ball over a yep. lot. Mm-hmm. like and, and it is short field, maybe even like a pick six or something like that. Mm-hmm. The other side of it is Michigan just opens up the offense and and tosses it all around. Yep. Do
1: you really think that's going to happen? I don't think so. Okay, I don't either. I mean, I think Harbaugh's going to want to play more conservatively than that. And just run the ball yeah. and trust his defense. Right. And play clean.
0: All of that screams under to me. I I think so. All of that screams 17 to 13 to me. It does. As crazy as it is that this is only a seven-point line, I still like Michigan State and the points, and I like the
1: under 40.5. I like the under. This one was tough. I'm still going Michigan to cover the the minus seven, is it? Yep. Okay. I'm still going Michigan just because I'm just looking at it on paper, and they're just so much – They match up so much better with Michigan. How many times have we said that? I know it. I know it. But I'm gonna make the mistake again, and I'm gonna go with Michigan.
0: Come in this phone booth, (laughs) Jim. Bring your khaki pants. Let's have a fight. I, uh, yeah, I think uh, the the overall record, the the recent history, it's not a trend when it's the same coaches over and over again. I shy away from that, and Mm -hmm. I shy away from Michigan, away from. Ann Arbor. I think they're going to flip the script. They're okay. going to win in a close game. I think there maybe is going to be a goofy play that goes Michigan's way, and everybody starts to think it's Michigan's year. They got Michigan State yep. off their back, and they come out of this with a win.
1: Okay. Okay. All right. So that gets us through the Big Ten. Let's let let's do one little tidbit Ooh. from that series, though. Okay. Before we move on, I'm sorry. Just because this jumped out at me, it's crazy. Largest margin of victory in this series – is Michigan over Michigan State in 1902. The final score was 119 to nothing. <laughs> that, that'll that'll get the coaching staff of the opposing team wrinkled the next year, I would think. Not quite Georgia Tech versus Cumberland, but in that neighborhood.
0: Not good. All right, so that'll get us through the Big Ten games, moving quickly around the country. I got four games picked up here. Just in case you want something to flip back and forth on later, Uh, number seventeen NC State traveling to number three Clemson. That's a two thirty game. Clemson favored by seventeen half points. You want to know why this is kind of an amazing game for the ACC? Why is that? It's the only two teams in the ACC that are ranked, Mm, and they're playing each other this weekend.
1: It's at Clemson.
0: Yep. Honestly. I think NC state's going to keep this within 17 and a half. I points. like NC state. I don't, I think they got a good quarterback and mm-hmm. I just don't trust Clemson overall in that right. game. Uh, next one up. Another two thirty game is the Colorado Buffaloes traveling to uh, Washington to take on number 15, Washington. I laugh because we mentioned Kentucky, how mm-hmm. we were trying to give a non blue blood team some credit. Yep. They got beat. We mentioned Colorado, Another non-Blue Blood team that we want to give credit. Guess what? They got beat. Um, now they're traveling to Washington. I think Washington is mm. going to be hotter than a hornet here, and I think they expose Colorado and win this game by, by more than three touchdowns. What was the spread there? 16 and a half.
1: Mm, that's a tough one. I'm going to go with the Buffs. Eh, I, like I hope the you're buffs.
0: right. I hope you're right. I hope Colorado wins that game. Um, next up is uh, number 22, Mississippi State. Traveling to the suddenly fifth-ranked LSU Tigers. This is a 6 o'clock game. Line is Mm. 6.5. Can't say there's anything I I love about this game. I think the general feeling from people, which has been kind of nice to hear, is that they don't exactly trust LSU to be the fifth-ranked team. Um, There was a poll out, and it basically was just pointing out how many losses that you think LSU – is going to have before the end of the season. Some people pick that they would have three total losses at by the end of the season, so you would think this would probably be one
1: that you're looking at. So Mississippi State started off the year pretty slow, but obviously gaining steam. I have not watched hardly any SEC football this year, but what I'm hearing is LSU is looking like an incredibly physical team, so I would like the, the Tigers here.
0: Yeah, I'm going to take Mississippi State. Um, I just... I'm not a huge believer in LSU, and I think there's definitely going to be a letdown
1: after the Georgia game. I'm not a huge believer in Ed O, but he's been proving me wrong so no,
0: far. No, at the beginning of the year – I always pick out three teams that I think are overrated and three teams that I think are underrated. Mm-hmm. I own, I was really good. Not to toot my own heart, I was really good last year. I can't remember what the teams right now this year. I've been pretty good too. I picked Iowa and Iowa state for three of the, okay. I, I picked Iowa state and Colorado for three oh, of the wow. teams that I thought would be better. Uh, the three teams that I thought were overranked. I, I put USC. I think I've been mm-hmm. kind of right there. Yeah. Um, Uh, And then uh, West Virginia was the other one, which until now you could say is questionable. It's probably still somewhat questionable. And the other one I put LSU, which I think I'm officially wrong. LSU has turned into be a pretty good team. So, all right, last game. We'll wrap it up here is the number 12th ranked Oregon Ducks traveling to Pullman to play the number 25 ranked Washington State Cougars. Kind of crazy here. Washington State is is favored in this game by three points. And this is... uh, ESPN College Game Day, if you're into all that, you know, that's nonsense. Um, Yeah. So tell you what, it would be very Pac-12 of Washington State to win this game, because if they do, goodbye. That is the end of the only team that would be, I think, available to actually represent the Pac-12 that people would allow would would, I guess, be Washington State. I mean, right now, you're pretty much down to Oregon, unless you think somebody like you know, Utah or whatever
1: can just run the table. I don't know. But. I'm really surprised that Washington State's favoring this game, which makes me think, go with Oregon? Oh, wait, maybe I should go with Washington State? I'm still going to go with Oregon. I'm going to go with Washington State. Okay. All right. So one of my claims to fame was I was at a college game day at Ole Miss playing Alabama, and I got to wave Old Crimson, the Washington State flag. No kidding? Yeah. yeah I, I never told you about that. that. Yeah. I'll show you the pictures after we stop recording.
0: Absolutely. I have to put that on Twitter, on the eyes on big.
1: Twitter. Oh, yeah. yeah. I should do that. Absolutely. I'll do that since that's it's fantastic. game
0: this yep. All right, man. That's uh, plenty I think we got right there. Yeah, that's it. All right. We really appreciate you guys tuning in, sharing, doing all that work yep. for us. Numbers looking good, but we always want them to look better. So this is Jeffrey the Greek. And this is Big Kurt. Thanks a lot. And we'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye.